Buff Nation. Let's go. You all right over there, Mike? I'm Michael? fine. I'm good. Wrong almost, tube right before the show. choked on an ice cube <laughs> as soon as we go live. The good news is Ooh. even if you were like about to choke on the ice cube, it would have probably melted before you died. That's true, man. Oh, What's up, chat? Welcome into survived. the show. Thank you, man. I am too. We're presented by Illegal Pete's. Everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Yesterday was a fantastic day to be a buff. How about those buffaloes, baby? How uh, about them? Crazy, man. See you, women's. Go to Vegas for the neutral site um, <clears throat> Hall of Fame series, I think is what it's called. Yeah, sure. <laughs> One of those stupid preseason tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Result was great. They take on number one LSU and... Beat the hell out of them. Yeah, man. No that doubter. Was, that was electric. That was absolutely electric. I'm so excited for them. Um, obviously, to tie it back to Coach Prime in this show, you got to see Shelomai going crazy on the bench. Yep. He's in the locker room going crazy afterwards. But um, that team is a team of dogs, man. Tons of them. Um, they, I mean, led by Jalen Sherrod. Like, you know, I always say you either go as your coach you take on the identity of your coach or you take on the identity of your best player. I think this team, um, and this is no discredit to Coach Payne, but this team has taken on the identity of Jalen Sherrod, like just tough, gritty, uh, not taking anything from anyone. And I've said this a few times today, but not to the people yet, so I'll say this. At no point did that look like an upset. And, and when I say that, I mean sometimes that games take the – shape of an upset mm -hmm. uh one team is missing a bunch of open shots the other team is making everything whether it's contested or not you know that's your classic like march madness upset that was not this yeah this was just the buffs going in there and taking it directly to lsu they weren't outmatched physically they weren't outmatched mentally they weren't outmatched athletically and they just went and beat them. It was sick yeah it was dope uh just to go back to jalen sherrod i mean she set the tone Early on in that game, really. Um, and then Frida was just on fire again. She is unreal as a shooter. I know everyone's going to talk about Caitlin Clark as like the best oh, shooter yeah. in women's college basketball. Frida Foreman's got a flamethrower, bro. Yeah, she absolutely does, man. Uh, and she gets that shot off quick. Yep. Give her an inch of space, and she's going to get one up. And uh, she, I believe she was 7 of 10 last 7 night? of 11, 7 I 7 of 11. She took a heat check late. Uh, just awesome, man. I was so happy for them. And, and again, like, I'm not, you know, over the course of the season, um, maybe LSU comes out and it ends up being the better team. But last night, they were not the better team that got upset. They were the worst team. They yep. just got outplayed in, in every facet. Well, and Aaronette Von Ley with 24 points. I mean, straight up taking it to Angel Reese and the LSU Tigers. I mean, a team that... We look at them as a super team in women's college basketball. Yeah. I mean, maybe the most hyped women's college basketball team ever. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe that's doing a little bit of disservice to some of those UConn teams with right. all-time goats. Brianna Stewart. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I I don't know. I think with the transfer portal and adding Haley Van Lith and all of the you know headlines and stuff that Angel Reese made over the offseason, like, this team was maybe the most talked about women's basketball team ever. Yes. College basketball team ever. Yep. And they walked in there and just punched them in the mouth, put them on the mat, and then never let them get up. Yep. Uh, the gap was, I think, 22 at one point. Yeah. They win this game by 14. The men's also won yesterday. 
Uh, a bit shaky in the first half, but man, they came out firing. I think they hit four straight threes to start the second half. Tristan was like six to seven. He did, first off, he didn't take a shot in the first half. Comes out six to seven in the second half with 15 points. But just like Jalen Sherrod did for the women's, KJ uh, Simpson completely set the tone for the Buffs last night. Yep. Um, he, you know, he's one of those guys. Brings the energy, brings the fire, brings the passion, brings the pace of the game. Mm -hmm. um, and they're going to go as he goes a lot of nights, I think. Obviously, Tristan Da Silva is a great, great player. Um, but one thing I want more from him is tone setting. Yes. And KJ is never afraid to set the tone. Uh, and so I'm of two minds about that basketball, men's basketball performance. And we'll have more basketball content, I think, as the season goes on. For sure. Maybe separate from this show. Uh, but just to get into it a little bit tonight, or from last night, when they didn't shoot well in the first half, it was close. Yeah. <laughs> they shot well in the second half, they blew them out. Yep. And I think that's going to be the story of this team, and, and that scares me because they don't have a lot of shooters. Right. Uh, Luke O'Brien can shoot that thing. Um, KJ can shoot it sometimes. He was really good before his ankle injury last year and really bad after it. Um, obviously, Tristan can shoot it. But none of them are what you would call like knockdown shooters. Yeah. Um, you know, Frida Foreman would beat all of them in a three-point oh, contest. For sure. uh, and you need that in today's college basketball game. So the defense was incredible in the second half. Just put the clamps on, and that led to offense. And, and so that's great. But that like seven or eight minute, maybe it wasn't that long. It felt like an eight-minute scoring drought in the first half where they just... At the end of the first yeah. half? Yeah, I think it was like five minutes or something yeah. like that. That scares me because when you do that against a good team, you could be out of the game by the end yep. of it. And and they just don't have the scorers, especially not the shooters, to save them from those moments. So that that was scary to me. Uh, just a few more takeaways from the men's. Uh, Eddie Lampkin only had four points, but, man, he was imposing down there. Just fighting for offensive rebounds, just a dog down there. Yep. Quite a difference from what they had last year at that position. And then Cody Williams, only four points, but had four rebounds, three assists, two blocks as well. His length stood out. He was, uh, you know, the commentator kept on talking about how, like, composed and how calm he was. And he was, but uh, I don't know. I wanted to see more from Cody. Yep. And I hope we get that down the line. Someone said, how will you all cover basketball? I think our plan is to be ad content. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know the answer to this question, so... Okay. I don't know. My plan is to add content. Yes. We'll see if that adds up with everyone else's plans. And that would, to me, just be like a 15-minute, like, the way I imagine it, I'm just, we're just airing it all out here on the show. The way I imagine it is we finish this show, uh -huh. and then we just stay in the chairs, press record again, record something new that's not live, put yes. it out there. Yes, yes. We'll work something out. All right, let's get to Coach Prime and the Buffs. Coach Prime opened his press conference today talking about the basketball teams. Said congratulations immensely to our women's and men's basketball team, Coach Payne and Coach Boyle for what they've accomplished. Also to the soccer team for being selected to the NCAA tournament. Congratulations to them. That was uh, They were kind of a bubble team. Mm -hmm. um, and they were lucky because the selection show, they were like one of the first team named. They, got, they didn't have to deal with all that stress. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so congratulations to them. Um, they've they've been running a great program over there. Honestly, you know, we've given Rick George so much love for what what he did hiring Coach Prime, which is going to be his legacy move. Yeah. But go look at all of his hires across all of the sports. 
including J.R. Payne, including Danny Sanchez, including, uh, you know, um, oh gosh, is it Jesse Mahoney? Yeah. Who the co volleyball coaches coach? volleyball? Yep. I mean, a lot of success in these sports um, with Rick George's hires. And, you know, J.R. Payne has been incredible. Uh, he obviously inherited Tad Boyle. Right. Uh, and, you know, he's one of the few coaches left that he inherited. But just, uh, just he's done a great job. He really has. One of the best, if not the best AD in the country, bro. Yep. Yep. Easily. Uh, Coach Prime was then asked about, um, well, first off, he spoke about the defensive improvements recently and just how, I, if you saw well off yesterday, you saw all the stats, how this team has improved drastically in creating turnovers, um, forced fumbles, interceptions, but also fumble recoveries, uh, their stop rate, which is, I think, in the red zone, um, just uh, some leaps and bounds, especially in the last couple weeks on that. Um, he said the defense is getting it. They're understanding the scheme and understanding the expectation. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, my godson has made an appearance <laughs> in the studio. Those guys are Four months. built different. When we get everybody on the same page, it's going to be extraordinary. I like what I'm seeing. There you go. Yep. There you go. They've really turned it up. They played well on Saturday as well. And that that that's what makes the offense taking a little bit of a step back so frustrating is like they were carrying the defense earlier in the season and then now the defense kind of gets their shit together and they're stepping up and the offense has really fallen apart um and it, you know we all talk about it it comes back to the offensive line the inability to run the ball and Shador being under constant pressure but it is frustrating that they really haven't put together a complete game yep. on both sides of the ball. You could bring, make the argument that Nebraska was that. But aside from that, they have not mm -hmm. been able to do it since then. Yeah. And even Nebraska, remember we were complaining about the First offense. First half, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coach Prime was asked, I mean, so this weekend is the final home game of the season. Man, it went by quick. I almost can't believe that we're already at this point. But he was asked, other than a win, what does he want to show for the future this weekend? He responded with positive hope that I wish you could only understand how close we are to being what we want to be and doing what we want to do. We got to stand tall in the midst of adversity, and we're learning that. Um, he spoke about that a lot, I think, today, just about the progression that this team has seen from week one to now. It's so hard to quantify that, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the progression. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we talk about the offense, and it's like we're still struggling to find an identity. I do think some guys have found their footing and established themselves not only on CU, but on like the national map. Of course, Shador and Travis, but like yep. Zay Weaver has had a big year. Um, so there's been progression, definitely. I just don't know if it's the exact type of progression we've wanted to see just yet, but we still have three games to try and figure it out. It's still yeah. year one. I feel like there has been <clears throat> personal progression yes, uh, within the team. And I wanted to talk about this today, so this is a kind of a perfect way to segue into it. It might end up taking longer than you planned on. But That's fine. Where we have not seen progression is the overall energy of the team. Nothing can match the way that they came out against TCU. Yep. And... That's got to be one of the most frustrating things for Coach Prime. And I've heard him mention it in speeches to the team. I've heard him mention it to us um, indirectly and directly. 
where is that? Where is that passion? Where is that want to? Where is that not, not even want to? Where is that need to? Where is that aggression? Where is that, you know, um, just full on performance of just like no one is stopping us? Yeah, that's been gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really was lost because I think they came out like that against uh, Nebraska. Yeah. I think there's a, a momentum hit they took when Travis went down. Um, and Absolutely. It just took the wind out of their sails a little bit. But I don't think that's exactly what I would point to. What I would point to is I think in week one, every single person still thought they were getting the role on the team that they thought that they, that they envisioned for themselves. Yeah. Uh, and when you bring in a bunch of guys, all from different places, a lot of transfers, getting their second opportunity, a lot of guys think to themselves, this is my opportunity. This Finally, I'm in a place where I, I need to be. And, you know, you can call it selfish or you can just call it human. When you realize that you're not getting that, it just changes things. Yeah. And so... While there are guys who came in and played, Cam Silman Craig is a perfect example of a guy who didn't let the wind get taken out of his sails when he hardly played in week one. Yep. Well, now he's a key cog on this football team. Um, but as you go through the team and you just look at all of the different guys, and uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who we talk about every single week who are like, where's that guy? You know, it was Alto before he was redshirting. Um, you know, Cavassier Smoke has been brought up quite a few times. Um, Juju Mitchell, you know, yeah. Bishop Thomas. Cormani. Like, Cormani, exactly. There's a lot of guys who now have realized, like, oh, okay, so it's not that for me this year. Yeah. And I think a lot of them have a next-year mindset now. And so because of that, you lose that thing you had. Yes. Which was 85 players or however many guys were in that, you know, on that trip. I think, what, do they bring 65 on a trip? Something like that. 65 players all believing in the same goal and believing they were going to have a personal impact on reaching that goal. Yep. As time goes on, like I said, I think a lot of people would call it selfish. I call it human. Suddenly they realize, <clears throat> oh, I don't have a role. And that's a tough thing to accept. And then, you know, you've heard Coach Prime talk to him about how he watched the Nuggets beat the Lakers. And what impressed him most is that everybody understood and appreciated their role. Yeah. That's easier to do with 15 than it is to do with hundred of course and so I think that's one of the things that um, has changed with this team and while there has been personal growth the growth of the team has taken a step back because of the human nature of guys realizing wow this isn't really what I thought it was gonna be I mean it's been a very up and down season in so many ways Um, and we kind of started really on the ultimate high with TCU I don't think we've ever really recaptured that and for multiple reasons. I mean, one, I think that that game and just that win is kind of just a moment now. Like, that's that game's going to go down in college football history, I think, just mm-hmm. because it was Coach Prime's first Power 5 game, because it was Shador's debut as a Power 5 quarterback, and just all the plays that we saw happen, and, of course, the outcome of the game. So, And in the comments, you know, I think it's raising eyebrows. Uh, just because you aren't starting doesn't mean you don't have a role. And I couldn't agree more. But... Every person who came here thought they were going to be playing. Yeah. Um, and that's just the truth. Like, even if you were told by the coaches, hey, we're, we're, we envision you in a backup role, which doesn't happen a lot uh, because that's just not how you recruit guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you still thought, oh, I'll show them. I'm going to start for this team. Right. And like I said, it's it's just a unfortunate side effect. It's not anyone's fault. I uh, We have to go back to just when Coach Prime was hired and the whole makeup of this team, though. Like, this is a bunch of guys and transfers from all over the place. Like, they're learning everything this last year. Not just, you know, how to play together and... Uh, just who each other is and stuff like that, but just how to run a program from Coach Prime's standpoint at the Power 5 level. Shador is dealing with Power 5 defenses. Like, there's been a lot of learning for almost every coach and player on this team, and I think that's a product of kind of what we've seen recently. Yeah, and, you know, everyone talked about how this was unprecedented, yeah. what Coach Prime was doing. Yeah. When Like, we're just seeing some things that exactly come with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, next quote. Can I give, can I give a, a coach prime quote really yeah, quick for it. that I want to reference because it makes perfect sense for what we're saying right now, uh, as it relates to the, everyone wanted to call it an experiment of with the, with the right. transfer portal. Now he said, we're learning things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and obviously they're not where they want to be. This was the bar of the day. In my opinion, in reference to the offense. We're not where we want to be, but we ain't where we used to be. Yep. And that applies to the entire program, in my opinion. Absolutely. For sure, man. I want, like, that, that everyone should think about that quote every day. Not where we want to be, but we ain't where we used to be. That's the perspective, man. Yep. That's it right there. Uh, Coach Prime shouted out the scout team, said, let me tell you who should be recognized as Dern's scout team. I want to recognize them this week. Those kids don't receive the hand claps or the fanfare. Then he was asked about Arizona and Jed Fish, said he's a really good coach, really good person. I think we were together in San Francisco or something. They were actually together in Baltimore. Yes, it was Baltimore. <clears throat> His Jed Fish has been around a long time. He really has, yeah. His coaching resume is suffice. I like him as a coach, person, and man. His kids are playing hard and making the plays they need to make. And then after that, he was basically asked if he looks to coach Fish and what he's done at Arizona. I mean, he's been there three years now. And, man, they were the Pac-12 doormat mm -hmm. before he got there, which mm -hmm. was what CU was before Coach Prime got here. He said, I can't say I do. I have so many people I lean on just having wonderful talks with guys who have been in these situations. Obviously, we know his network is massive, but he knows everyone. He even knows Jed Fish. Yeah, I love that. Um well, Coach Prime was asked, do you look at Arizona? Is that someone you, you know, emulate? Right. And it's like, No. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I like I, I get it. Of course, Arizona plays in the same conference and they have turned around a thing. But Coach Prime said I'd be lying if I said yes. And that's exactly what I was thinking when he was answered when he was asked the question. Yeah, it's like that's just not how he operates. No, Coach Prime does things his way. And yes, he has a lot of people in his circle that are willing to help him and that he can pull advice from. But I love that he went and referenced like two of the greatest coaches of all time. He's like, yeah, I'm not exactly like trying to emulate Jedfish because I'm talking to Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's not at all a disrespect or anything like that. It's just like, no, that's not really where he's, what's he going to, what would he even do? He's not digging up Arizona film from last year going, okay, this is what we need to do to get to where we want to go. And what Jedfish is doing, it doesn't have to do with their film. Right. You know, he went in there, he laid down a culture. And the biggest thing for me, honestly, is he had a really great reputation with quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So he immediately got Jaden Delore to come transfer there from Washington State where he's slinging the rock everywhere. Yep. He said, come play for me. I'll make you even better. Mm -hmm. He did. They were better last year because they had a better quarterback. 
Then, out of nowhere this year, they pull Noah Fafita out of their ass. A three-star. Exactly. And he's incredible. Yeah. That's, and that's a uh, credit to the, the scouting staff and the coaching staff and Jed Fish for developing him. But there's not like a magic formula for rebuilding a team other than just get good players, especially Pretty quarterbacks. Much. Yep, exactly. All right, we've got video for this. Um, Coach Prime has asked about the uh, play calling situation again. All right, let's play it. You're good. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. <laughs> we'll just wait on Alyssa. Coach Sean Keeler at the Denver Post, I have a question for you as a dad <laughs> and as a coach. First, the coach question. Uh, as far as you know and care to say, is the uh, play calling arrangement still going to be the play calling arrangement on our offense? Are right you now? the guy that Shador was? Are Am you, I the guy? Did you? I'm probably you? that guy, yeah. It's so funny that I didn't know that, but from your line of questioning, like how you, how you came with it, it's like something clicked in my head and say, that's the guy. I didn't even see the press conference. I just saw him laugh and, and, and say, come on, dog. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was a good said. stiff arm. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I passed that. I passed that. Let that go, man. Just let, let it go. You ain't you barking up at a tree that you ain't going to get up. That's just right. let it go. We, we're some happy people right here. We're ecstatic. Good. We're blessed. We're highly favored. We're, 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 we're not where we want to be, but we, we ain't where we used to be. That's true. And we're going in the right direction. So we're good. We're not – that like controversy and that stuff. We don't. We don't. We trying to raise these kids, man. Yeah. Grown folks' problems. They, they, that don't help kids. Speaking of raising, and kids. I've been through two divorces, and I know that for a fact. <laughs> Grown folks' problems don't help kids. <laughs> there you go. Don't need to say anything else about that one. There you go. Um, <laughs> like I said, bar of the day. We're not where we want to be, but we ain't where we used to yep. be. Yep. Straight up. Um, but. Also, Coach Prime totally knew that. <laughs> On that thing, well, though. And here's... Uh, can I? Yeah, go for it. A lot of people are like, he sh you know, why isn't he addressing this, this, that, and the other? <clears throat> you want the real truth? He doesn't want to shit on Sean Lewis. Yes. So he's not going to say, oh, I had to make the move because X, Y, and Z. Sean Lewis is still on the staff. And, you know, I don't know if there is, but maybe there's still a chance to regain where he is so it's sure. like uh i'm sure coach prime would appreciate this relationship reference it's like if you go on a break with a girl <laughs> what you don't want to do is go to all your friends and talk about what a, a b-word she is right right you know yeah uh you gotta like keep it on the down low because hey maybe we might get back together and i don't want all my friends questioning her if we yes. do so that's where we're at right now yeah i mean he said it after the game on saturday that they're not going to demean sean lewis Yes. Um, but if you watched well off yesterday, the beginning, he goes, all right, we're going to have the coordinators come up here and talk about just like the progression, like the good things. Charles Kelly went up and then it was Pat Shermer who mm -hmm. went and talked in front of the team. So it's pretty cut and dry, I think. Yeah. Also, you know, Sean Keeler, is, he gets his, uh, <laughs> his flack whenever he asks a question like this, but... I, I assume his defense would have just been like, it, was, it actually was just a yes or no question. I mean, the dude doesn't care, obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> But the um, answer to the question is yes. Yep. All right, we have a second video. He was asked about uh, running the ball again today for the, I don't know, six straight Well, and it was the original question, and you can't hear it on the video because it was after the press conference. 
But the original question was, does Shador have actual injuries? Mm -hmm. And that's what prompted this. And then the follow-up question, which you might not hear either, was, okay, so is there a focus on taking the pressure off Shador? Yeah. Here's the clip. Yeah, yeah, he suffered injuries. Of course he suffered injuries. You think he walking like me for nothing? <laughs> he's hurting, he's hurting. You have to check with the trainers on that one, but he's he's hurting. He's hurting, but he's going to be all right. Come come Saturday, well, he, he, he has to get in a couple good days of practice so he can get his timing in of the new installation, new plays and all that stuff. So he'll be he'll be okay come Saturday. Well, don't you think we've been trying to <laughs> come on guys y'all ain't not crazy shoot what you think we've been trying to it's so funny that you guys think it's just like yeah, you just go out there hand the ball off you just run down the field right we, we can just do that yeah yeah so we just want to call pass plays at the pass plays at the pass we don't want to run right yeah yeah we don't want to run we're against running Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you all. Enjoy your nine laters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such a gem, bro. I'm so glad he said that, though. Well, me too. I mean, of course they're trying to take the pressure off the door. And of course he's hurt, man. It was he's hurt. hurt. And of course the offensive line is. This is like what I tweeted basically Saturday night after the game, like. We knew these things. Shador was hurt. Offensive line is bad, and things just aren't as they should be right now. Because this is the first year for everyone coming together. Like, yep. there's there's no surprises at this point. And to answer the question that everyone is asking, yes, I did enjoy my now and later. Yeah, let them know now and later. Now and later. <laughs> uh, so this is funny. I have to tell the story on this. So immediately after the press conference last week, I told Coach Prime that I'm going to try him. Yep. And then he said I was saying it wrong. I'm still still work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then I went home and I ordered them off Amazon. I got two. I thought I was getting two bags, one for me and you and Alyssa and one for Coach Prime. Uh-huh. Um, what happened was I ended up getting 10 bags. <laughs> 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 um, and so 10 bags of now later showed up <laughs> in my house and uh, I gave one to Coach Prime today. And I left it on the podium. Well, then CUPR comes in with a giant bowl because apparently the company themselves sent them a ton. And then Neely comes in yes. with another. <laughs> so we had like, I don't know, a thousand nowlators in, uh, yep. in the press conference room, which was pretty <laughs> hilarious. Um, so I thought I had a clever idea to bring some for Coach Prime, but everyone they else in the world you. had that idea. Yep. But they are delicious. And... Maybe it's just because I got like a fresh pack. Mm -hmm. um, not that hard. Yeah. Everyone else said they're rock hard. These ones are like, I don't know, a little bit harder than Starbursts. Maybe, maybe the same same consistency as Starbursts. They're a little tougher. And I, I thought think. they were fire. They're pretty good, aren't they? Um, all right. They don't sell them at my Seven Eleven, my guy. I haven't seen them in a Seven Eleven in forever. Yeah. I just remember getting them in like goodie bags as a kid all the time. Seeing them in that little pack that we got them in today, almost uh, like uh, chicle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that made me think, okay, I've, I think I've seen these before. Yeah. 
but I definitely you, didn't remember. When I tasted them, I was like, damn, these are good. You've seen them The before. strawberry ones. Yes, goated. yes, exactly. Um, strawberry anything, honestly. Second place, I'm not normally a big big fan of these. The apple ones, I would put second place. Okay. Um, grape is, it's strawberry and grape for me. Grape, I, I would put three. Uh, cherry, four. Banana, five. Dang. Someone was just singing the praises of banana. Banana is one of those things, Nowadays. you know, like uh, you either love it or you don't. I don't like artificially flavored things that taste nothing like the actual thing. I understand. And banana is the worst flavor at that shit. So it, it tastes nothing like a banana. No, no it's so I like bananas. It's not good. Um, last thing. Coach Prime has asked what he's learned about himself the most as a coach this season. Patience. I think we all can uh, learn from that quote there and really apply some patience to this whole situation. Yeah, man. The truth is Coach Prime does not lose. No. Like, go back and just look at his career, man. He didn't lose anywhere. And the one time uh, that they weren't just out-and-out out winners was his first year at uh, – Jackson State. Jackson but State. weren't they seven and five? No, that was the COVID year. They went oh, like three and four, four and three, something four, like that. Yeah, I think they. So this man does not know, does not like losing, is not familiar with losing, uh, and certainly doesn't want to get used to losing. Yep. And so, of course, he has to be patient because this is, a, this is unfamiliar territory for mm -hmm. him. All right. Um, Mark Vissette was next on the podium. That. It was just amazing because Coach Prime was hanging out the whole time and just going, mate, <laughs> the <Yes>. entire <laughs> press conference. <laughs> it was cracking me up. <laughs> I wish you would go with the accent. The Australian accent? Yeah, go with the Australian accent. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. All That's right. like me saying now and later. <laughs> yes. Shout out to our friends at Kind Love. Uh, I love Kind Love. Kind Love's fully integrated seed to sale. They breed their own genetics. They control the grow process. And packaging. Um, they've got their turbo joint line. They got everything, though. They got edibles. They got pre-rolls. All kinds of good stuff. Even the DMVR pre-roll strain, which I don't know if it's back yet or not. Let's just say it is. Let's hope it is. Um, they also have their Get It While It's Four Hot Flower three. Shelf. There you go. So it was. Not even a, not even a losing record then. No. Nope. Still got a chance, by the way. And when he lost in Atlanta, he left. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but fully integrated seed to sale. Get it while it's hot shelf. Eight's out the door for 20 bucks. Ounces out the door for 100 Visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DMVR and receive the DMVR exclusive discount of 25% off all kind of flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. You can also visit the website at kindlove.com and use the code DMVR for online ordering and their full extensive menu. And then shout out to MSU Denver. Turn your goals into greatness at MSU Denver. DMVR has a handful of people who have went back to school at MSU Denver and gotten their degree, and you can be next. Applications are open for the spring 2024 semester. They got 90-plus majors, 10 graduate programs. Find your future. Uh, courses online, in-person, or both. Learn more at msudenver.edu. All right, so let's pay off this headline. Coach was asked about <coughs> Shador's health today. He said, Shador is a pro, man. He's a pro playing college football. He knows how to handle you all, meaning the media, his academics, and how to act in public. He's a kid. He's a great human being. 
He's good for the game. He's good for his teammates and good for college football. We're in the same book. We've always won. He's studying, preparing just as he would any other time. He's getting more treatment because his body is tremendously sore. I'm proud of the young fella. I'm proud of his brother on the other side as well and all the kids on this team. Uh, you heard the piece of the quote right there. If Shador has any specific injuries, Coach Prime didn't reveal them, but he said, yes, you think he's walking around like me for nothing, <laughs> which uh, leads us to really the topic of the day, I guess. And it's something I saw a lot on Twitter during the game on Saturday. A lot, a lot. People talking about shutting Shador down because of how banged up he was. And <clears throat> really after, um, I mean, was it end of the third quarter when he took the hit on the rollout, was very, very slow to get up, walked back to the sideline with a limp, and then went straight back to the locker room, obviously, for a pain shot, came back out, ended up playing decently well. But, man, the guy is hurting. Yeah, and it's so hard to see uh, because we know the greatness that he's capable of. And in his current shape, whatever you want to call it, um, he can't be every bit of Shador. He can't be the 100% the guy that we have seen carry this team on his back to victories. And so I, I actually understand the sentiment out there, which is like, hey, let's just pack it up and go play for next year um, from a logic standpoint. But from a football standpoint, it's just not going to happen. No. Um, the, I, I have said this just about any time I can. Football players... If they can get to the field, they are playing. Mm -hmm. And Shador might be the toughest dude on this team. Uh, you know, of all the dudes who have that dog in him, he might have it the most. Yeah. So you're just crazy if you think that that dude is going to let his brothers, literally and figuratively, yeah. go out there without him when he could be there. And that is part of what makes him special. There are some guys who I think might say, you know what? I think I'm going to yeah. pack it in. I, I'm going to go get him next year because I'm hurting and these guys aren't getting any better in front of me and I'm just going to keep getting hit. But he's just not built that way. Wasn't that Jay Cutler in like the NFC Championship game for the Bears? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had like a torn MCL. Okay. Yeah. But still, I remember like that was like a huge topic when that happened. Yeah, he, I, I do remember who he could have been out there yeah. and then they had to put in former CSU Ram Caleb Haney. <laughs> yes. Um, and that one, as you would expect. Yeah. Um, so like take out Coach Prime, take out any... Shador's just not going to do that. He's not coming no. off the field. No. Uh, and on top of that, I'm also a believer that every win counts in college football. Maybe you upset Arizona this week, and there's a recruit there who sees that and decides, you know what? Yes, I am coming here. Um, maybe there is a person watching who's a donor who says, I'm going to donate 100000 because of that to the mm -hmm. 5430 collective. Whatever it may be, everyone counts. Um, they're still eligible or they're still uh, in contention to go to a bowl game. So even that brings it. I could see maybe in the last game of the season against Utah making a move like that and just saying, hey, we're going to protect him if they weren't uh, having a chance to go to a bowl. But even then, it's just not. That's just not how football players roll. Just that's just the truth. And look, if he was hurt enough. I don't think he'd be playing. 
but I think it's enough that he can deal with right now. And yep. like you said, he's just too much of a dog. He knows that this team goes as far as he does. Yep. So if Shador doesn't play, the season's over. Oh, yeah. Like, Staub isn't going to do... We saw Staub for, I don't know, a drive against Nebraska. He wasn't ready. No. Like, it'd be like literally watching last year's team if another quarterback was out there right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's just... Like I said, Coach Prime's not going to put him in harm's way in terms of if he's too hurt to play, he's not going to let him go out there and mm-hmm. force it. <clears throat> but if he can play, he's going to play for himself, for his teammates. And, you know... Uh, Coach Prime's not going to stop him from that if it's not an injury that is dangerous. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty clear. I found it today when we were in the press conference room. We'll try and bring it up right now. But, I mean, he he was bad in the first half last weekend. I mean, there's really no way around that. He wasn't good. Uh, I think they only had, like, 49 passing yards or something at halftime. Um, but he goes in, gets the shot. And then in the fourth quarter, he is on fire. Uh, 14 passes, 179 yards, went 9 for 14, averaged 8.9 yards per pass. He only completed 15 passes before the fourth quarter. I mean, it was night and day. But it's also, again, too much of what we've seen in so many weeks. It's Shador save us at the end of the game, basically. That's the identity. Everyone wanted to know what it is. That's what it is. Yep. <clears throat> and that and that makes it even harder on him uh, when he's hobbled like he is right now. For sure. Also, I mean, CU, before the fourth quarter, one of ten on third down. In the fourth quarter, 4-4. Four, four. Time time. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. It's just too little too late this time, unfortunately. Um, people are saying it's a hip injury in the comments. I could see that because he's obviously got a bit of a limp. I don't think it's just one thing. Oh, I, d- I seriously doubt it's just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And a, he's being affected by a lot. Even if it is multiple things, I'm sure he's just sore. Like his whole body. Dude. If you haven't played football, and I have obviously haven't played it at even close to the level that these guys have, but you come out of a football game, you're just you're just bruised, like all over you. Yep. Uh, and the, the older you get, the more it hurts. Uh, and the more you get hit, the more it hurts. And these guys are getting hit by grown ass men. I, you know, my playing days, I was getting hit by kids. Yeah. So um, th- the amount that he's getting hit is like above almost anyone in the country. There's probably some running backs out there for like army and air force who are getting hit as much right, as he is exactly but, um it's a he's he's got to be hurting and on top of the actual injuries he's he's dealing with uh cu's offensive line surrendered what was it three sacks last weekend three or four uh shador is still the most sacked quarterback in the country four. he is only eight ahead of the next most guy now so the gap is slightly closing but um yeah not great man shout out to breckenridge brewery uh <laughs> the beer of the month again is broncos country pale ale i guess hey broncos are winning <laughs> two well, in a row baby. it's hard to lose on your bye week <laughs> hey 
Three weeks in a row without losing. <laughs> That's true. Um, try out some of our favorites. The Mountain Beach Sour, Mile High City Golden Ale, Strawberry Sky, uh, Broncos Country Pale Ale, of course, and the Fun Slinger. Breckenridge Brewery's been doing it for 33 years. All comes down to the love and passion Alyssa, will for you good beer. Stop the spam in the chat. Um, check out their beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Breck brew near you. Uh, shout out to everyone who came out to the tailgate on Saturday. Bro. Legendary, I heard. Tailgate went nuts. <laughs> Even Connor showed up. Connor did show up. Nice guy. Um, he probably had a better night than the rest of us, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, so every person that showed up, they'll attest to this. I said, we have so much beer and liquor. And yes. I don't want to bring any of it home because that means I have to like come back here after the game. I just want let's yep. just finish it all. Yeah. And boy, did the did the crew come through. We literally left. There were zero beers left, zero seltzers left, not a drop of alcohol left. That was amazing because I left to go to the stadium at like I don't know five ten minutes after six, which is about two and a half hours before kickoff, and there were a lot of drinks left, man. <laughs> a we, lot of we drinks. We turned left. it up to eleven. And it's impressive. It was great. I, I'm waiting for confirmation, but I think we're doing the same thing this week. So let's go. Prepare yourselves. So be prepared. Come hang out. Uh, shout out to Bacchus and Shanker as well. They've been helping Colorado families win for more than 25 years. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. If you are seriously injured in a car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrian, trucks, or even if you're hurt at work, if you need to sue, smash the two. Hit them up for a consultation. Two 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 two. They've got neighborhood offices all over the city. Um, Backus and Shanker wins. All right, what do we got next? All right, big uh, recruiting segment here. Do you want to start with Jordan Seaton or Bryce Underwood? Mm, Jordan Seaton. So Jordan Seaton, of course, went on an OV this weekend. Was at the game. Uh, the student section was chanting, I think we want Jordan. Yep. Uh, I would have gone with save us Seton. Yep. The hashtag. Yep. Uh, it's obviously a bit of a movement and, um, Oh my God. Wait, did I talk about this on the post game show? My trip to the student section? No, <laughs> you uh, made it back. I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now I have to hear this is credit to Allie. Because things are going horribly. Uh huh. And she pointed out something that is very true and very sad. We haven't won a game at home since we were removed from the student section and moved to our OG seats. So you guys need to get back ASAP. So Allie was like, we have to go back. So this was right before the two touchdown drives. I'm not kidding you. Okay. Actually, no. The second that we left our seats was the fumbled, bobbled snap that gets returned by Breedlove. Oh, okay. Immediately. Okay. And then touchdown drive, get it back, touchdown drive while we were there. So security, if you're listening, <laughs> it's not about me. It's about the betterment of the yeah. program. Be a team player, security. Be a team we player. We need you. Trust me. This will not be up for debate. I will be in that student <laughs> section on Saturday. Let's go. You have to. It's the last one. Exactly. There's nothing they can do to stop me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jordan Seaton said uh, quite a few things about his visit. Um, I guess just on everything overall, I said they, may, they have a big need, and they made sure I knew that. He said that to Chad Simmons of On3. And then he spoke to Adam Friedman of Rivals. 
um, about really the coaching staff drama. He said, right now, the talk about the OC and the offensive line job has kind of been a conversation a lot of coaches don't like to touch on because I don't think every single coach knows the full details besides Coach Prime himself. So I kind of stayed away from those type of questions just because nobody could give me a direct answer. Does this hurt recruiting, the uncertainty with the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach? I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> look. If you're interested in coming here in the first place, there's a very good chance that it has a lot to do with Coach Prime. Of course. And if you believe in Coach Prime, you believe that no matter who he brings in there is going to be a top-of-the-line coach. Mm -hmm. So you combine those two things. You know, Jordan Seaton will probably be the first to know uh, when there's a move made, uh, if there is a move made. And, you know, like I said, if he is interested in coming to Colorado, it's because he believes... In Coach Prime, and he knows that whoever it may be. This one's been brought up a bit. If the Buffs were to move on from Bill O'Boyle, they got to give Mike Munchak a look. Have to. One of the best offensive line coaches of all time. A Hall of Famer himself uh, on the offensive line. And a man who lives in Colorado. He came to the Broncos uh, under Vic Fangio because he wanted to move here to be closer to his grandchildren yep. uh, as his daughter lives in Denver. So now he's just living here. And I wouldn't mind him making the trip up to Boulder every day uh, to coach up the offensive line. Um, so I don't, I don't know how interested he would be, but especially with the connections that Coach Prime has, I assume he has a connection either directly with Mike Munchak or to someone who can connect yes. him with him, with him very, very quickly. Uh, it's something that... Again, if they were to move on from Bill O'Boyle, I think should be very strongly considered. Hopefully, man. I mean, he's not too far away right now. So, And we've seen him not only with the Broncos, but the Steelers as well, just have some of the best offensive lines in football. I mean, the fact that he's... like, I, I assume the reason that he's unemployed right now is because he doesn't want to go live somewhere else. Sure. So it's like a golden ticket. The Broncos yep. are the buffs. Someone hire him. Please. Uh, I'm going to push back a bit on the chat because they said 100% this affects recruiting. And I'll just point back to the last three years at Jackson State when Coach Prime changed offensive coordinators almost at every <laughs> single year. Yes. Didn't really affect recruiting back then, it seems. so. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Obviously, like, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, you know, it's not like you're having to, having to wait to find out what their offensive identity is going to be. The offensive identity is going to hopefully feature a little more run next year, but you know it's going to be some version of spread, the air raid, you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, Coach Prime clearly has a... Um, I'm going to use the word identity. We have, we've talked about that a lot this year, but he likes spread, air raid-style offenses. I think that's pretty clear, and it probably has a lot to do with Shador. That's probably a lot of what Shador likes to do, and it highlights his strength, but that's just the type of offenses he's ran the last three, four years in college football. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see what Jordan Seaton. Josh Newberg of On3 said he doesn't think that he'll end up at Colorado for whatever that's worth. Um, so we'll see. But the number one overall recruit in the 2025 recruiting class, Bryce Underwood, updated his top schools yesterday or two days ago, recently. I think it was yesterday. Um, the Buffs got the commitment of Antoine Hill after the Stanford game, right? Yeah. 
So he is a four-star quarterback, a top 100 recruit in that same class. That did not scare off Bryce Underwood, though. He included the buffs in now a top seven. I believe he had like a top 12 before. But the buffs have made the cut once again. Um, it's Oregon, Michigan, Alabama, LSU, Penn State, Florida State, and CU. Uh, it seems like he, I mean, he followed Shador everywhere when he was here against Colorado State, I think it was when he visited. Mm -hmm. Was in the post-game press conference room. Um, and yep, LSU. I don't know, he's just a guy that uh, obviously this coaching staff is still targeting. And he's not, I don't want to say he would be intimidated, but the Antoine Hill commitment obviously did nothing to affect his want or desire to potentially come to see you. Yeah, I mean, if you're him, uh, you don't care about that stuff. No. <clears throat> and you either think, I'll commit, and he, and he can decommit if he wants to, or you think, I'll commit, and I'll go compete with him for the starting job. Yep. Um, so it's, it's very rare to see two elite quarterbacks com uh, commit to the same school. It happens once in a while and they're all at the same like four schools georgia ohio state and alabama maybe and just one three. or both usually end up transferring to exactly but like i said if you're that guy you don't care that someone else committed you're saying that well if this is where i want to go this is where i'm going yep uh bryce underwood has a commitment date set also um i believe it's in december or just after the new year I just had this pulled up January 6th. So there's still plenty of time. He's only taken a handful of visits too, but Colorado has been one of them. Uh, Cam Michael, I think he visited back. Was it the same game? No, it was Nebraska. Cam Michael came. 247 Sports Composite, four star, 101st overall player in this class, the sixth overall athlete, 6'1, 181 from Statesboro, Georgia. Absolutely stacked. Yeah. He's coming back this weekend. All right. Let's go. And he set a commitment date. November 23rd. Okay. Which is before the season ends. Yep. Uh, that is right, right before, Thursday. Yeah, right before the Utah game. Yep. Two weeks from uh, Thursday, he's going to commit. Um, I can't remember if he put out a top schools. I'm sure he has. I'll pull it up here shortly. And then uh, Draylon Miller. We didn't talk about this guy too much last week. He was kind of a late addition to uh, the list of visits for last weekend's game. But he made it into town. I don't. Did you see the video of him like lining up across from Coach Prime yeah. and stuff? Uh, he enjoyed his visit, it seems. He had a quote. I'm trying to find it. Uh, he said, they want me to come in and play from the jump. He's a four-star receiver, uh, five-star, depending on what service, I guess, you see. Was committed to A&M for about six months earlier in the year, but has since decommitted. Colorado's obviously in the mix, though. And then last bit of recruiting news that I have, our guy, LaMason Waller, who we've talked a lot about. He got the uh, golden seal, Steve Wiltfong crystal ball to see you. Let's go. See you soon. So 2025, four-star wide receiver, LaMason Waller. Feels just like a matter of time with him and with King Joseph Edwards, who posted a video of him meeting with Coach Sal. 
Yes. That was dope, too. He, he had a lot of cool behind-the-scenes stuff for yeah. his visit. I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, Coach Sal, man. One of a kind. What a legend. I'm um, trying to look up Cam Michael's top schools here. He had a top six. Uh, South Carolina, Tennessee, Colorado, Georgia, Kentucky, and A&M. So that is the one coming immediately down the pipeline here in just over two weeks. I think that's pretty much it. There's a um, Michael Welch. I think is coming back this weekend as well. Cool. So last home game of the year. I'm sure uh, Coach Prime is going to blow it up, and we're going to have a list that rivals the last weekend's list and the CSU list and the Nebraska <clears throat> list. Yeah, it'll be a big one. Uh, weather's looking good still. It, it so is. That's pretty much going to give us a perfect record of weather this season for home games which I famously tweeted at Coach Prime about last year <laughs> and the last game of the season. Yep, the like, Utah game. It's like it's still 59 and sunny here in the last game of the season. Yep. And as it looks right now, 59 and sunny uh, for Saturday afternoon. Not enough news about linemen recruits. Brother, we just talked about the top linemen in the 2024 class. Yep. Also... That's going to be a heavy transfer portal position. Yes, because, because they need guys you, immediately. You need men yep. immediately. Yep. Um, I saw Talon Chandler briefly. I didn't get to say hi to him on Saturday, but I saw him walking down on the field. Hell yeah. That's a big boy. Yeah, he is. Mean streak, too. Saturday's temperature looking like 58 as the high. And it's a noon game, so it's going to be right in the middle of the day. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be just impeccable. Yep. I think the Buffs are only nine-point dogs or something like that, too. Yeah, and uh, your guy who does the Pac-12 previews has uh, it as a very even game. Parker, yeah. Yep. The TCU guy, yep. I think he's he said his projected score was like 29-27. Yeah, and then last week he only had CU off by like eight or seven against Oregon State. Yep. He says not to use those as like betting like indicators, but they're so spot on sometimes that it's just... He just doesn't want the. He, just, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't want it on his conscience when you're like, "Yo, I just put my mortgage <laughs> yeah. on this nine point spread because your model says it's a two point game." Right. Yeah, he's got uh, U of A at twenty nine point eight projected points and CU at twenty seven point eight projected points. So that's one. You know, like if you just look at it simply, that's one blocked field goal. One missed field goal changes the game. Well, I mean, straight up win probability, he's got CU at a forty four percent win probability. Yep. And he's oh. like I said, he's been pretty spot on with this stuff. So, so yeah. Arizona is scorching hot. Man, we'll get into them a bit later in the week, but that is a team. I mean, I feel like I talked about them a lot this offseason. They have probably some of the best, if not the best, group of receivers in the Pac 12. But they also have just played three ranked teams. Yep. They play uh, Utah next weekend. Mm -hmm. And of course, their rival, Arizona State, after that. You want to talk about a trap game? It's pretty pretty trappy. Love it. Uh, shout out to Game Time. Again, last game of the season. Last home game, I should say. If you want to come out to Folsom Field and hang out with us and Coach Prime and the Buffs, hit up Game Time. Um, not only just for Buffs games, any games. Nuggets, Avs, or whatever city you are in, whatever team you want to see. Concerts, events, shows, all that stuff as well. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code BUFFS, B-U-F-F-S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code BUFFS for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets 
Lowest price guaranteed. I just used game time over the weekend because I'm going to go to the Nuggets game tomorrow. Let's go. First Nuggets game for me, by the way. Uh, I haven't been to one yet. And I think I'm going to the Avs game tonight. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. So there you go. Hit up game time. And then welcome back <laughs> our amazing, great friends from Shady Rays. Let's go. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the best polarized sunglasses, uh, sturdy frames as well. Every single pair backed by their lost and broken replacement program. It's getting a little chilly out here, but if you're uh, in Colorado, that Colorado sun is strong. Make sure you are covered with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DMVR, and you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And you can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Talk Questions? to the people? Yep. Uh, Luis, what's up? <laughs> Do you like now and laters? Yes. I'm a fan. Consider me a fan. Um, and by the way, this brings up something that I just wanted to touch on because I saw it a little bit in the comments the other day. Uh-huh. Obviously, it came up a little bit today. Um, and like, you know, Neely, when he's here, like likes to point out some of the cultural differences between Colorado and Mississippi and black people and white people. And yes, like I just because I saw someone say like, oh, like RK thinks it's funny or whatever. It's like I actually just think it's really cool learning about this, like new cultures and new things like, yeah, I guess I didn't know what now and laters were. Yeah. Now laters. Uh, <laughs> but exactly my point. Um, that's like been one of the cool parts of this experience to me mm -hmm. is coach prime has come here. Um, he has obviously, uh, you know, brought some of the culture that he's used to here. Uh, we've, be we've become good friends with Neely who teaches us stuff all the time. Like it's one of the best parts about traveling to me is yeah. learning and experiencing what people like and how people say certain things. And, um, so it, it's actually like a it's been one of the better parts of this whole era to me is learning about new cultures um you know like we talked about jimmy's accent when that came up and like yeah. i think it's awesome hearing him talk mm -hmm. um so to me like it's not whether it's funny or this that or the other thing it's just like this is a this is one of the cool things that's happening is um an intersection of cultures which has been very what's the word I'm looking for? Symbiotic to this point. Yeah. Like everyone's been really open and welcome to uh, learning about each other. It's going both ways, right? Yep. Uh, and so I love it. And, uh, and I'm excited to keep learning. I agree, man. I mean, I feel like Boulder could have needed a, a little bit of flavor and, you know, Coach mm -hmm. Prime, I think is it Gleam, his word Gleam, one of his other favorite words. Mm -hmm some of uh you know the colorado culture as well so it's just amazing seeing uh i guess all these different people coming from different backgrounds coming together for a common goal yeah and like i think it can get too serious if you're not willing to like laugh about it right you know well, um, some of the jokes are legitimately funny yeah so. no exactly <laughs> and like uh, you know just certain things are uh different for everyone and like it's just sometimes just funny to point it out laugh about it yeah all right, let's see what people uh, After the game with the Super Chat, thank you very much, says RT. 
No, I just didn't know what our team uh, meant. Why are you Maybe saying it's RK? Okay. Why are you saying CU cannot run the ball? Their average yards per carry, Edwards 4.3, Hank 4.2, Wilkerson 3.4, Alto 4.2, Offered all 5.5. Has he carried the ball? I don't know, but I saw him in a boot in a picture with his brother after the game. So His brother came and visited yep. as a recruit. Jack. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the thing, of, I don't know. The, the thing about yards per carry, what you really want to look at is... Uh, what is it? Win run run success rate. Yeah. Um, because yards per carry can be misleading, right? Because Dylan, as we know, if you give him enough chances, you're gonna get sevens across the board and and hit the jackpot, which unfortunately I don't think they've done enough of um, to hit those jackpots. But it takes one forty yard run to uh, erase, you know, five two yard runs in a yards per carry. So we all know this. They run the ball on first down. They're looking at second and nine. They have an incomplete on second and nine. It's third and nine. And now Shador's getting blown up because they're sending six and he doesn't have time to get the ball out. Like it's we all watch the game. So why am I saying we can't run the ball? Because I'm watching the games. They can't run the ball yep. And everyone. Like Coach Prime agrees. The play callers have both agreed. They have to get away from it because they can't do it successfully. Now, I still believe that they need to be more creative with how they try and scheme up some runs and scheme up some holes and get Dylan out in space and throw some tosses and, you know, counters and all these things. Like, like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, use the Jaleel McLaughlin package uh, to try and open up some holes. But in the end, they can't run the ball, not because of the yards per carry average, because we've been watching it. They can't run the ball. I mean, it all works hand in hand. And this is just going off uh, Parker, Parker Fleming's uh, graph graphic that we were just talking about at stats of war on twitter he posts these for every team so looking at cu's efficiency running the football i mean it says 75th in terms of epa per rush epa is like a way of putting a certain value on it each yep, given play expected points added yes so they're 75th in the country which is basically average but in terms of field position uh early down epa and uh, echo rate, which is quality possession and quality opportunities kind of put together. This is just all an analytical shit anyways. They're not great. Yeah. So it's a, I mean, on a down-by-down -down basis, they're not great running the ball. They can run the ball, sure. Like on a, they'll have big runs. I mm -hmm. mean, Savion Wilkerson, first carry of the second quarter was like eight Nine yards. Nine yards, yeah. So it's more than just the yards per carry. It's much more, actually. Yeah, but what's happening is that teams have realized that bringing pressure is the way to beat CU. Yep. And they're bringing them into the A-gap. And so then you can't run the ball there. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm thinking, like, maybe get some tosses. Yep. Like, if they're going to bring A-gap pressure, toss the ball out to Dylan and let him work out there. Um, they had a lot of success with that little, like, read toss that Shador is doing, but... I guess they don't want to do that anymore because part of that play is Shador running. Um, there's been a lot of plays I think that Sean Lewis had to take out of his playbook because quarterback run wasn't a, a quarterback designed run wasn't something that they really wanted to do this year for good reason because if Shador gets hurt, right, season's over. So it's a you know it, it it's maybe I'm going too far saying they can't run the ball. They struggle to run the ball and it puts them in bad positions when you can't run the ball on first down. 
mm-hmm. and they don't trust it enough to run it on third and short. Uh, scroll up a bit. Someone had a good comment. Right there, come out as you needs to convert turnovers into more points. That is their biggest problem offensively, honestly. At least the last two weeks. Yeah. What was that? Seven combined turnovers the last two weeks, and points off those turnovers. It's, it's probably sixteen, something like that. Yeah. Like if you're plus six or seven in the turnover battle over two games, like you should win by like twenty plus. Yeah. <laughs> combined. Yeah. Uh, next question. Thank you for the super chat, by the way. Cal put the question in another super chat. I'm a cowboy. Hashtag go pokes. My question to you both is how much of a turnaround do you think you have next year because you're not winning the Big 12 your first year? Careful what you say. I mean, <laughs> just seeing what Coach Prime did this last offseason in the, in the players he brought in, how he improved the roster. If they're able to make that jump again this offseason, I don't know, man. They're going to be contending, I think, for the Big 12 title, if that's the case. Yeah, I firmly believe they will. I firmly believe they're going to contend for the Big, the big 12 title. Uh, I believe that they're going to bring in a star-studded offensive line through the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the few high school recruits that they're bringing in at the position. And they're going to protect the hell out of Shador. And Shador is going to have insane weapons including uh, a one year older and stronger and faster travis hunter and their their offense is going to be unstoppable and they're going to add some big pieces on the defensive line uh, that unlock a whole other level of pass rush and threat from them so yeah i think they will compete for the big 12 title year one i agree and i mean shit man they needed literally 50 60 players out of the portal this last year Yep. Just because of that number alone, I think there was always going to be a ceiling on how good you could be. And going into this season, even if it's cut in half, they only need 20, 30 players out of the portal, portal say. I mean, I don't know. I feel like those can all be contributors or someone who helps out this team in a massive way. I'm telling you, just wait to see the quality of player they get out of the transfer portal. Yep, this is going to be the craziest transfer portal year ever. We're going to keep saying that for a few years until eventually it slows down a little bit. Yep. But the quality of player they got last year was a certain level, right? They got a couple guys. They got starters from low-level teams or you know teams who didn't win a lot of games, uh, and they got backups from bigger teams. Mm-hmm. They're going to get starters from good teams this yep. year. Just yep. watch. Uh, Robert with the super chat. Appreciate you, man. Says pulling trigger quickly on OC and OL assistance will be important for 24 prep O-lines. Citing Seaton's comments. Seal will still lean on transfers, but pipeline is crucial. I mean, I agree. And I think Coach Prime is... I really think they've laid the foundation to recruit at a high level after this recruiting class yep obviously you start with bryce in 2025 as the number one overall recruit but they've been going after all the five stars all the four stars um they had a elijah melendez a four-star linebacker in the 25 class who's going to be like a top 200 player in boulder last weekend i think they've done a really good job at uh building those or at least starting to build those relationships i think they can have a legit pipeline moving forward after this year and just know that Coach Prime isn't making decisions in a vacuum. Yes. So if he has made the decision 
that he's going to move on um, from, you know, those coaches at the end of the season. It's something that he thought about long and hard. It's something that he evaluated over the course of weeks. And it is something that before he decided that had a plan for what's going to happen moving forward. Uh, Callup had the comment, elite oh, linemen don't transfer. Well, we saw Casey Roddick transfer to Florida State, who is now a playoff team, basically. So They will. Just watch. Uh, Robert with another super chat says, in 2022, JCU had 438 rush attempts and 512 pass attempts. Make of that what you will. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, though. Well, and the thing is, like, Jackson State was moving guys. Yes, exactly. Like, that's the long and short of it. They were moving guys. I mean, we watched several games. They had power five offensive linemen at the SWAC level, basically. Yes. And Savion Wilkerson was running people over and, like, the... Everyone wants to run the ball if they're running for five yards every time they do it. And then it makes Jador's life really easy. And that's how you get whatever it was, 40 touchdowns to three interceptions or mm-hmm. six interceptions, whatever it may be. But that is that is uh, the biggest difference. Is they, were winning the, they were winning the line of scrimmage. So they, of course they were running it because it was working. Also, 2022 JSU was year three of the era there. I'm sure in year three of the Coach Primera here at CU, I can almost guarantee you they're going to be running the ball better that year than they were this year. Yep. Uh, Tesha with the Super Chat as well. Appreciate you. Says they're not running the best running backs. Based on what? I mean, I think this is a Savion Wilkerson Super Chat. If or Cavassier smoke. I saw a lot of Cavassier smoke in uh, in the comments earlier. Yeah, man. I mean, who? How how am I going to sit here and say they're not running the best running backs when they're in practice every day? No coach is ever saying run that guy because he's worse than that guy. <laughs> right. Everyone, every coach is trying to give themselves the best chance to win, um, or even on a greater level, the best chance to keep their job. By putting the best players on the field. Now, obviously, situations come up that are um, extenuating where certain guys can't be on the field. Yes. But when when these guys are available, the coaches are going to play the guy that they think is the best player. Straight up. And so, like, I got love for those guys, but they're not not playing for any other reason other than the coaches don't think they're the best option. Well, look, and... I think we can all agree out of all the active running backs, Dylan probably has the highest ceiling as a player. Oh, yeah. And they've been trying the last month or so to figure out how to get TCU Dylan back in their offense, basically. And I think that's what they're trying to do. And that's why he's the running back who starts the games and is out there for most of the first half. Yeah. I don't don't think they're doing a good enough job. I don't think so either, but I think that's... They see his speed as a true attribute, and when you look at his speed and just who he is as a player, he's one of the best 11 offensive players we have. How many catches did he have in that game? What game? TCU. Seven? Oh, man. If you give me a minute here, I got you. All right. I'll give you a minute. But it's like a lot of that stuff was designed for him. Obviously, he has the long touchdown to come out of the second half on a screen. There's the fourth down conversion where he's just coming. Five receptions versus TCU. Okay. I would like to see him have more than that. Now, I know everyone's talking about the play last week where they ran that inside screen for him and 
I couldn't tell from, from my seat, but everyone else says Thank that's a touchdown. For reminding me about that. Um, so like the you know, they did a good job there of trying to make that happen. But it's to me, even that fourth down conversion that they win the game on against TCU was so creative and, and it's something that I went back to when I said Sean Lewis hit all the money plays. Yeah. You know it's man coverage. What do they do? They're gonna line up the linebacker over Dylan Edwards. Mm-hmm. So he's lined up to the right side of Shador meaning the linebacker on the right side of the formation is expecting him to come out of the backfield that way. So he's covering him. They bring him across the formation with a little play action. And then it's a race. Dylan Edwards versus a linebacker coming from the opposite side of the field. He's winning that race every single time, a hundred yep. times out of a hundred. Shador has to do nothing but flip it out to him in the flat. And now you've got two clear out routes, taking the other guys down the field. Boom. One-on-one. He turns it up the sideline touchdown. Where is that? I mean, they're bringing pressure, so they're giving you man looks. I mean, damn, he was basically a missed, like one broken tackle away from having a massive gain in that first drive, though. I think it was yep. the second reception. So I don't know. Maybe he, maybe they're closer than we think. It's just Dylan hasn't been able to pop the big play, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you look at his touch. He only had 11 touches against TCU. He's eclipsed 11 touches. One, two, three. Only three times, I guess, since then. But it's still like a bunch of ten games, ten touch games, nine touch games, like. Yeah. So. To me, though, every play that you hand him the ball should be designed to get him in space. Yes. Uh, and I just haven't seen it enough. I, I, they're you know they're playing the slot machine, but they're hitting the minimum. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. You can either bet like the big one, or you got a couple buttons. There's the yep. minimum that. Hit the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a, you know, you're playing the penny slots. Put put down five bucks. Get him out in the, in the flat. I hope that he has a big game to finish this year because I think it'd just be hard to have him have his best game the first game, and that's just kind of it. Yeah. A couple more to go here. AW says, is it possible that Coach Prime was contacted about a team talking to Lewis about a head coaching job, could this have caused the coaching change? I feel like that would have been leaked before even the the Pat Shermer thing would have been leaked, if that was true. No. I don't think so. No. Um, I hope that Sean Lewis gets a head coaching job. I mean, of course. That's, that's what we all thought would happen four months ago. I know. It's crazy how things went awry. Uh, hit the like button. Also, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'd appreciate your five-star review as well. Kevin Latif with the Super Chat. Thank you. Says, Arizona is scorching hot. 45-14 to 14 AZ with the shrug emoji, he says. We'll see. But uh, only one team has beat CU like that. Yep. I mean, that's the thing. They're not going to get enough credit for it. But, man, they've hung around in a lot of these games. I said it the other night. I'll say it again. Bobby Bowden. First you lose big, then you lose close, then you win close, then you win big. They yep. are in the lose close phase. Yep. Uh, we didn't ignore your super chat. We just got to it, man. Anything else? So impatient. I know. <laughs> it takes us. We go on tangents and stuff, so sorry if we don't get to your super chat right away. Also, the show, is, it's not like we were wrapping the show. I know. Someone just said Travis Hunter transfers to the Ducks. That's uh, wake up. In your maybe up. not even in your wildest dreams. <laughs> no, that's never gonna happen. All um, right. Yeah. 
All right, that's it. Good show today. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs. We all silly like the mayor. 